This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency designed Future Formula, a personalized anti-aging formula prescribed by a dermatology provider to treat fine lines, wrinkles, dark spots, and more. Agency has clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than over-the-counter retinol. Future Formula by Agency. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast, brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Do you garden with your partner? Is your outside space somewhere that you nurture together? You have an equal say in what you're growing and how it should look? Or is the garden somewhere that causes argument? conflict in your relationship. You're at odds as to how it should look, what you should grow. Hello, I'm Adam Frost and today I'm chatting to relationship therapist and writer Karen Black. I want to explore how gardening together can be the key to a happy relationship. Is being together in a natural world the answer to a blissful relationship? Well, let's see. Um, Karen, lovely to meet you. But before we get stuck into, well, to be fair, you helping us with relationships and gardens and how how it can sort of bring us together and, and aid us, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself and also how you got into it. Into gardening? Well, yeah, into gardening, oh. into the mix of the relationships, the therapies, this, just to give us a flavour of, of, of what you're all about. Yeah, yeah okay. Um I got into relationship therapy because I had a few relationships myself that just hadn't worked out. And uh, um, I thought I needed to know more about the yeah. subject. And having already got, got a psychology degree, I thought I'd, uh, I'd start studying. So really it was to help myself rather than yeah. to help others initially. Um, but of course, 15 years later, I was still... Um, uh, enjoying it, but being a little bit too successful. So I burnt out in uh, in 2017 and had to stand back. So now I write about relationships and yeah. uh, uh, talk about it like uh, like this podcast. 
How did that sort of then blend with gardening and you pulling the two together? Gardening um, wasn't really anything that I was overly interested in, apart from mowing the lawn and uh, uh, putting some bedding plants in occasionally, yeah. uh, until I met my husband, my now husband. Um, with him being an ecologist, he had a garden that was just filled with really interesting and weird things that he had collected along the way on his travels around the world. And when we moved in together, we we bought uh, a big house that could have all our kids in. So we had four teenage sons at the time, wow. which was uh, quite an experience. And yeah. <laughs> uh, the garden actually became a place where we would escape to. Um, so we could get out of the house. As, as teenagers, our boys just did not have any interest in the garden at all, apart from just going out and enjoying the sun or having a barbecue. So it was our place that we could focus on, that we could develop uh, as something that was special to us. Yeah. And interestingly for me, because you just described, you know, when I met Mrs. Frost, my dear wife, she looked more like she walked off the makeup counter at John Lewis, you know, so I'm not even sure she knew what a landscape <laughs> gardener was. Um, but over the years, she's become a really keen gardener. But with that, she's become, I'll be honest with you, quite opinionated. You wouldn't think that I do it professionally. So with with you guys, was it your husband taking the lead to start with or how did how did just sort of the roles play out to start with? Oh, it was definitely him taking the lead. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and me following timidly behind going, yes, dear, no, dear. But that changed too because I, I, I didn't want to just following his footsteps. Yeah. I wanted to put my own stamp on the garden. Yeah, I probably did become a little bit uh, opinionated. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what's, and I think that's the interesting thing for me with this is sort of the idea of, of therapies and, and helping couples. How do you, you know, just think how gardens can bring people together? Oh, in so many different ways. Um, memories, the, the making of memories is something that uh, we all do in relationships. It's create uh, our history and the history that we have is very often the glue that keeps us together in, in moments when perhaps life is a little bit challenging or testing. And, um, you know, the kind of memories that we have from creating the, the haven that became our garden, oh, it, it's something that I wouldn't want to do without. And I, I think possibly even our relationship um, was built on that, like a found, the garden became a foundation to our relationship. So yeah. bringing people together, um, if it's, if it's a, a couple like Jeff and I, then certainly it, it was a way of testing out our teamwork. Um, which is something that all relationships really, really need, a, a really good teamwork uh, for it to to work out right. Um, anything else is just cherry on the cake, I think. Yeah, it can take a while though, can't it? Because I mean, yeah. you've sort of evoked memories straight away with me as sort of coming out and and trying to guide my wife that probably necessarily didn't want guiding. Um, she's got this sort of habit, I show her how to do something. Yes, I can do that. Bang, and she's away and gone. Yeah. But actually over, what, 20 odd years, we've worked out how how we work together in the garden 
best. So if you imagine, you know, a couple just going out, maybe like us, one's keener than the other, how would you sort of suggest that maybe the keener person can guide the other without without being patronising or, yeah. or do, making all the mistakes that I probably made? It is a tricky one, isn't it? Because when you yeah. know something, then you 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 like to to use your knowledge. Yeah. Uh, but it's a little bit like teaching kids, isn't it? You, you have to hold back a little bit and give a little bit at a time. And so leading the way in the garden could mean um, leaving people to make some mistakes every now and again. Yeah. You know, and then accept that this is a, this is a garden. It's something that you're creating together. And mistakes can actually be uh, a cause of much fun. I made a big big mistake in our yeah. garden once. Jeff had been out there and uh, he was doing an, uh, an experiment on some passion flowers. Uh, so he wanted to know whether they would uh, self-pollinate uh, or not. So he backed them up in sort of in, in netted bags. And um, I didn't know that that was what he was doing, although I could see the, the netted bags. But I needed to, I felt I needed to trim back the passion flower because it was just <laughs> getting carried away. You know, yeah. it was all over the place. And uh, I liked a garden at the time. I liked a garden that was very neat and tidy. So I started trimming it, thinking, you know, following the branches through and going, no, I, I don't think that's the one, so I should be all right. And I was snipping away, and uh, it looked great. I, I removed what I could, and uh, it looked great. And the bags were still there. Then two or three days later, the leaves started wilting on that branch that he'd bagged the flowers on, and it all just fell apart. Now, that was a big mistake on, on my part because um, there weren't many flowers left for him to repeat the experiment. So it is one of those things, but he was very good. He fell out with me for all of uh, 30 seconds or something like that. And um, then, of course, you know, you know they're going to come back next year and you can always do it then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what you're describing there is you're describing that first, I suppose, that which evoked with me, that idea of personalities. You said you were quite tidy in the garden and I'm... You know, I garden very much, I suppose, very much slightly on the wild side. And, and my dear wife is is quite controlling in the fact that, you know, in her head, sometimes the outside needs to be as tidy as the inside. And so we had lots of sort of interesting conversations around around that. How, do, how as a couple do you navigate that? Oh, talk, talk and talk, talk and talk. And what we did um, was allocate certain parts of the garden for each other's specific needs. So right. um, Jeff um, was left with the, the vegetable patch, for example, because yeah. I gave up on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, for me, fruit trees and bushes and stuff like that is more my thing when it comes to edible stuff in the garden. Yeah. I like to have flowers that I could cut and put in the uh, put in the house. Where for Jeff, it was more oh, let's just let it go wild and see what happens. So we had wild areas of the garden yeah. and uh, tidy areas, and it it worked quite well actually. Yeah. So actually, sometimes it's not as much about gardening together. It's it's gardening in the same space, but then coming together, would that be a right way to maybe describe it? Yeah, I, I think so. And, and just sharing it, sharing the experience. Um, I mean, there's many different ways of doing this and many different ways of doing gardening, but I think now I'm probably more a wild gardener than I was before. Yeah. Um, 
And I think what what's changed for me is my appreciation of what nature is. Um, so rather than uh, trying to control it and getting it to look just like I want it to in my head, yeah. um, I'm more willing to to let it go and uh, let it be wild and uh, see what happens. So I think we've merged more. I think Jeff is becoming more appreciative of a little bit of colour in the garden rather than it all just being wild. Yeah. So actually what you're talking about is it's, it's, it's a blend of the personalities yeah. really that then it's just bringing you together. I mean, I suppose, you know, in a way, you know, you said you had a, a bigger garden. The first garden that I had with with my wife was was a decent size. But but what about, you know, sort of wider space? If if people can't, if they can't just do it in the garden, what about just nature in general, you know, a woodland walk oh, yeah. or the countryside or how does that help? Or how does it help the relationship? Yeah. yeah. It's this thing about creating memories again and, and sharing the experience. And if it is that people don't have a garden and they still want that experience of green spaces and parks and they have an interest in it but have got nowhere to put that interest, then there's always, you know, go to uh, the bigger gardens and discover what it is that people have done there and the history behind it and uh, um, sharing that experience um, I mean, yeah. there's lots of different things you can do. You can have a, a, a flower box outside your window, you know, do a bit of research into what you can grow in there that's most successful. And- yeah. And I, and I suppose in, in a sense, if you were, if I was set up with, you know, there was there was one one part of the relationship was absolutely gardening mad and and the other no interest at all. And we were trying to bring these people together. How would you, you know, guide us and just sort of try and, bring us together you know when when oh, one part's okay. got no interest at all but the other yeah. one desperately desperately wants to come out and join them how do we go about that well in in a session for example yeah. i would probably want to talk with them about um something that the person with no interest in gardening would want to share with our partner too because then you've got an equal uh, thing going right. on there so you you yeah. start showing an interest in each other's uh, interest uh, or hobbies, and uh, then gradually you you build on that, and so there's something there again that you can share and that you can work together with. So it, it's taking an interest in each other's. Because uh, actually, what you're talking about as well is is not just in a way, you know, partners, couples. That that could be with sort of older children, kids as well. Can it the same mm. sort of principles in a way? Just trying to share, you know, the things you care about and the things that interest you, and take people with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So my son is 30 and uh, he's got his first house. He has yeah. never been interested in gardening. But now um, I have never seen such a green lawn in my life. You know, he's <laughs> very, very keen on his lawn. Yeah. And uh, his partner is very keen on uh, the flowers in the garden, the pretty stuff. And at the moment, they're, they're doing all the stuff that I used to do before I really got to appreciate nature in the garden yeah so they're controlling it and uh what have you so i might go in there and uh, suggest some different things or or they might get to know how to how to prune uh, a, a bush w- without uh, without ruining it and uh, so it, it's change you know exchanging uh, knowledge and experience without being overwhelming you know, and overpowering and and, uh, controlling of what it is that they do. Life is a highway. 
And on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. You shouldn't settle for just any old pair of leggings. You deserve something better. Something designed with you in mind. Like the new Inspire Leggings by Kalia. Their most versatile collection yet. Made for any workout. They're lightweight, buttery soft, breathable, and made with lycra adaptive fiber, which molds to your body for a barely there supportive fit. It's perfect for wherever your wellness routine takes you. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Something that really, really also influenced me in wanting to become more of a gardener was my grandmother. Yeah. She was from a farming background, but later on she she had, uh, so she's Danish, I'm Danish. And uh, in Denmark, you can have these summer houses with uh, a garden too. And um, it's more than an allotment. But she had one of those places and it was absolutely amazing what she did in that garden. And I have memories of picking flowers with her and strawberries and raspberries and sitting down as a five, six year old and having strawberries and cream and things like that. And it absolutely made my idea of what a garden should be and the work that you put into it and what you can get out of it and the enjoyment of it. So actually, I mean, you're sort of nailing, I suppose, what I care about in the sense that in reality really life's about memories so you're tapping into those early memories and I was going to say is that probably what you've done with the kids as well you've you've shown them stuff and actually they might not be interested at the time but later on in life they're picking it up and they're running it and hopefully they'll apply it to their life later on yeah I, yeah. I hope that's what I've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, I, I, sort of, you, I smiled when you talked about grandparents, and, and my childhood was was not without its complications. So I spent quite a lot of time with my grandparents, and and I realised later on in life that I looked upon the garden as a safe place, and I think now I wanted to share that with my wife because I wanted her to understand what it was for me personally as well. Does that does that sort of make sense or do I sound crackers? And I think I just wanted you her to come and be part. You sound absolutely crackers. Yeah, exactly. I don't <laughs> but I wanted her to sort of get as much as the growing and the doing, I wanted her to get the sense of of what a garden could feel like. Does that? What it could mean. That, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it took me a long time to work out why it was that I wanted to, to garden because sometimes she would be gardening with me and I'd be thinking, why am I wanting you to be out here because you're doing everything that I don't <laughs> want you to do, but I still wanted her to be out there. Yeah. 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 
it, it's a there's a different reason there, isn't there? It's not just about gardening. There's uh, uh, load. It's loaded with uh, emotions and uh, and ideas of who we are. So I mean, for you, there's a, a big identity there in in gardening. Yeah. And I suppose as a as a couple, if you were you know if you were taking on your first garden and you were all right, you were beginners in gardening, but at the same time, you were reasonable beginners in your in your relationship, you know, i.e. it's quite early days. And as you said, you know, you made some mistakes. I made plenty of mistakes um, and probably continue to. Um, how would you sort of maybe set a couple up, if that makes sense, you know, two people going off into the world, starting their life, but starting their life maybe around their garden? What would your words of wisdom be words of wisdom oh well it's always about talking when it comes to a relationship so it's about being uh, being clear in what it is that uh, you're hoping to get out of the garden and you know that there's there's another thing about gardening and that is when when we are occupied uh, with our eyes are occupied doing something then it can be really um, a, a wonderful time to start talking about other things in life that perhaps bothers us. Because sitting down face to face, eye to eye, and talking about things like that can, be, can feel confrontational. Yeah. So if we're doing something with our hands and our eyes are occupied with whatever it is that we're doing, that conversation, standing side by side while putting seeds in, in trays and stuff like that maybe can can really bring out something completely different to a different kind of conversation to what we would have had if we sat down by the table and looking at each other while we're having that conversation it's the communication skills that yeah. we develop by being in the garden together and also it's it's a safe place to try and work out how we deal with challenges because there's challenges in gardening, isn't there? I mean, there's always something that doesn't go the way that uh, you thought it was going to. So how do you deal with that? Yeah, I did, you're right. I'm just being in a sense, I suppose you're explaining that. I mean, I always talk about the fact that actually if you can if you contend and look after a garden, the principles that, that you use to garden are not bad principles to set you know, a relationship on really, are they? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the perfect way of, of trying to build that teamwork that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Things go wrong. You have to be patient. Yeah. You know, all those things that we have to do in the garden, tend it at the right time, back off at the right time, know when to, you know, when to walk away, but know when to sort of put an arm around it and look after it as well. Yeah. So Yeah. Yeah, and of course yeah. that that reflects the way that we are with each other as well, doesn't it? Yeah, knowing when to walk away and knowing when to put your arm around each other. Yeah, which yeah. is absolutely fascinating. And 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 I suppose flip it the other way. How do we deal with the moment when there's conflict in the garden? And you know, how do we sort of? You mean when, when we don't agree? Way? When uh, yeah, when we don't agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's always a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because not agreeing can can be a, a really good way of starting a good argument. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's the same rules as uh, it is with any other um, area when we don't agree, and that is to to listen, listen more than we try to talk. Because when we don't agree, we try to to get our opinion across in so many different ways, and it develops very often into something that perhaps we didn't want to say after all. 
And then it gets yeah. all confusing and, and, you know, fireworks start. So to listen, to ask questions and really figure out what it is that went wrong, what it is yeah. that we are disagreeing on. And what are the common mistakes, I suppose, the common mistakes that, that people make in a relationship garden? You know, what, yeah. what is it that we and Not that listening we do to wrong? each other. Not listening. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not listening. And I think also when it comes to gardening, not actually finding the roles that we play. Yeah. So, um, for example, Jeff is is quite a strong individual, so he has got all the, haha, he's got all the hard work in the yeah. garden. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but that, that suits him. I help when he needs uh, uh, another person to hold the the sticks to put up the beans and, and stuff like that but um uh when it comes to turning the compost and stuff like that that is his job yeah so i'm quite happy to stick stuff in the compost but he can turn it yeah and so he's in charge of that and i, I leave him to do that. even though i might be able to see that oh it, it actually needs it pretty soon he's in charge so i leave that to him so so actually you're developing you develop sort of quite strong roles as in, you know, what people are comfortable with and and then, then that sort of stops the crossover, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. mainly. I mean, there's always going to be crossovers, but uh, and that's the whole joy of of, uh, of having a garden, of developing a garden together. I mean, yeah. I, I, I love the areas that we developed in, in our garden in Northampton where it was, it was where we crossed over, where, where my style of gardening crossed over with his. And it was, it was where we, we usually would sit with a cup of tea or a glass of wine and just enjoy that merging of, of the two personalities in the garden. Yeah. It's fascinating because I, I in a way, talk about gardens ultimately. You know, sometimes one of the problems with gardens is we is we chase the perfect garden. So we're looking for the, the big pitch. But in reality, a garden is just something that's built up of a series of moments. And what you're really doing is applying that with people, aren't you? Is, is that yeah. ultimately gardens are about creating memories. They're about being together. They're about, you know, you create something, 10 years later, you look, back and actually that can be the glue for your relationship yeah yeah and that yeah. that's what i mean with with building a relationship on the garden so that's you create powerful. this guy oh it is it, it's i mean not just as a metaphor but as in, in reality too yeah it really is and for something that seems quite simple in a way you know going out gardening together being with each other, being apart from each other, but in the same space. And then five, ten years down the road, it becomes the thing that sticks everything together. It's, yeah. So that when was that first moment of bang? I, you know, I understand therapy. I've learned about relationships. When was the moment that you started to sort of put the garden together with the therapy work that you've done? Oh, well, um, it's through the conversations that we've had in the garden and uh, uh, recognising that we've used the garden for so many different purposes. So um, I talked about escaping from from our teenage boys. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But also moments when it's been um, really tough um, in our relationship 
or personally when we just needed some space from each other or so, so we'd go into the garden and, and just work it out in our head while we were working in the garden or perhaps going out there together and uh, uh, working through, you know, the, the the sadness that we might feel at a loss of a friend or family member and uh, going out into the garden, actually being in nature itself is, is a great um, stimulator of uh, serotonin, our natural serotonin yeah. hormone in our brain that makes a difference whether we're happy or not. And and how long do you think you know if if things like that there's whatever you know you're talking about confrontation or or a moment of sadness or how long do you think it takes to be in a garden with somebody to then just feel a little bit more at ease with the world and you know what's around us? Uh, yeah, oh wow, what a question! How I know long? it was a big one, wasn't it? Um, it was yeah. a big one, and I suppose <laughs> I was saying it on the sense that you were talking about the chemical reaction in a way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that you know, we're het up, we're frustrated, we decide we're going to go out in the garden, we're going to use it half an hour, an hour, a couple of hours, just weeding, chatting. Yeah. You know, is it just how big the problem is or is it more of a chemical thing that you will start to feel at ease after 20 minutes, after an hour or whatever? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's more an individual um, yeah. kind of thing, how much it affects us and how good we are at working through um things together or individually personally it doesn't take very long for me to feel a heck of a lot better when i'm out in the garden i'd say you know 10 20 minutes and uh, i'm plugged into the energy that the garden can give me yeah. you know and and have you used that sort of same um, you know, process ideas with with the boys. Have you had? To, I mean, I know you know they didn't show any interest to start with, yeah. but later on they have. Have, you, have you used that with them? Got them outside and got them involved in things just to chat and and take a slightly different approach. Um, one of our boys is uh, has a growing. He's only mid twenties. He's got a yeah. growing interest in uh, in uh, growing herbs. So he's oh. uh, he's a fantastic cook. Um, and he started off when he was quite young cooking and picking herbs in the garden and uh, experimenting with them. And we had some amazing roast potatoes when he was cooking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so he developed uh, an interest in growing herbs. Um, and it's something that he, um, going to university, he started doing in little pots on his windowsill. Yeah. So I mean like, that was something that I was I was secretly proud of because proud of, I thought yeah. yeah there's something that's robbed off there for him yeah because I think as yeah. mine have got older it's you know my oldest is is 26 and then we're 23 so and I didn't think initially they were showing any interest but now you know they love their cooking they enjoy growing you know one's training to be an architect but it'll come out and help me build things in the garden and it'll start to open up and talk to me about stuff that I don't think that he would talk to me, as you said, face to face. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a fantastic uh, tool for therapy and for connecting yeah. um, generations, you know. My dad is uh, is 87 and he's in a wheelchair. Yeah. But taking him, and he's got Alzheimer's as well, taking him out into the garden and sitting him there and suddenly he will start talking as if there's absolutely nothing wrong with him. Wow. It's so interesting. He is, he's yeah. always been into uh, nature and birds and, and what have you. And just getting him out into nature and into the garden, seeing the birds, and you can start having a normal conversation with him. Yeah. And how, 
you know, I mean, you talk about your father, 87, you think about his his early experiences and we're only talking, you know, obviously with us as a generation and then our kids, the world that they're living in compared to the world that he's living in, that importance of the green space, how do we, how do we connect that next generation with that space outside the back door? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's it's uh, it's naturally there anyway. When yeah. when I watch our kids, as long as they have got time in their life and their careers aren't taking over every minute of yeah. the day, I think they are. There is um, a more growing need for for nature and a better understanding of of what it can provide. Um, so you only have to go down to allotments in in England, and uh, I yeah. think it's very difficult these days to actually get one because they are so popular. To connect younger generations who perhaps are showing no interest, yeah. get them out and do a barbecue and sit in the garden and, um, you know, enjoy being in that space. I think that's one of the best things you can do because then they have yeah. a, a memory of being in a garden, being in that green space or do a picnic in a, in a local park and um, introduce them via the things that they're already interested in, which usually includes food yeah, or drinks, you know. <laughs> no, you're, you're, well, no, you're totally right. I always, with, with my kids, they you know, they would come and garden because that's what dad did. But actually, in reality, the moment I could grow something and feed them, I mean, I've been away for a, a week or so and I came home and the garden's full of... So actually, the first thing I did as dad was went out, I picked, and I cooked for them and... Uh, and actually, I sat down and put it in front of them. Felt good that I'd done that, and but I know that that's an easy way to get them in a conversation about the garden, even let alone anything else. Yeah, get them connected to you as well. Yeah, say you're sat down with me, and and Mrs. Frost is is wants me out in the garden, and I'm not so sure. Um, because she just gives me a list of jobs, you know. Why should I go and do it? Why should I go and initially in my little head thinking that's all I'm going to do is please her? What should I really be going? Oh, oh wow. Why should I be doing it? Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I think again, it's it's that conversation about what it is that you're you're going to do in the garden and, and what it is that you're creating. So Mrs. Frost might say to you, look, I, I really want us to create somewhere where we can be romantic together. Yeah. That might get you going because then you mean, then you might know that there's a knock on effect on romance. So it's those kind of things that, that might get the brain thinking differently about what it is that you're doing together. So if you have a common goal where you're both going to benefit rather than having a list of things that you have to do to keep your partner happy, it kind of changes the whole thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think you brought up earlier on about actually, you know, some some people are stronger, i.e. the turning the compost, the streak. I have a lot of – when you're out and you're talking to people and – you know, we might be at a show and, and maybe the lady of the house loves, you know, or one person in the relationship loves gardening. And, and you get the sense that even the other, you know, the partner at the show is only there because because ultimately they have to be there. But yeah. that idea... They that drove the car, you know. <laughs> they drove the car, yeah, or they're yeah. carrying the bags with the shopping, yeah. you know. But, yeah. but actually that idea that you're sort of, 
bringing them together because there's something else involved. I think it's quite clever, really. I think that I think that could be the thing that works. Yeah, it, it's more than just growing a plant. It, it's actually creating something that uh, uh, that benefits both. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. reframing it all, isn't it? If there's one who is very reluctant, it's reframing it so that they can see the benefit for them. Yeah. And interestingly, I mean, we were before we came online, we were talking about you know you're out in Kenya at the moment and and you're working with young people. Just tell me a little bit about that the, the project that you and your husband are involved in because it sounded fascinating. But a lot of what you've told me seems that you could quite easily apply that to the the youngsters that you're working with. Right, yeah. I mean, the project we are working on is about uh, conservation in Africa, specifically in Kenya uh, on this trip. And uh, uh, the young people are between, oh, I don't know, between 22 and 27 maybe. Um, and they all have a a very keen interest in conservation and ecology. Um, so there is not really much need to try and get them interested out yeah. here. Yeah, because there's already an interest a- there. But something that I have noticed is that what they haven't been doing yet, which they're doing this week, is collecting data. Collecting yeah. data for these kind of uh, uh, research things is possibly the most boring thing you could ever want to do because it's things like counting how many uh, petals there are on a flower or how many visits there are. So so it's very, very monotonous and it has to be repeated over and over again for them to have enough data to work with. So to get them involved with and really enthused about what it is that uh, they're doing there, we talk a lot about what what the end result might be. So we, you know, we create hypotheses about, well, maybe it's this and maybe it's that. Now you need to go and find out which it is. Um, so it's it's like a, it becomes more like a treasure hunt, really. You know, what is the result? And so, for example, one of the teams um, have just discovered that a flower that we all thought was flowering just during the day is actually flowering, uh, begins to open up at six o'clock at night. So it flowers during the wow. night. So that becomes really exciting for yeah. these for these guys, uh, and then of course all the research changes and the hypothesis changes. So it's that excitement again, you know, trying to to look at it more than just collecting data. It's it's what comes after. And in a sense, though, do you see as well relationships building between them because they've got a common interest? You know, is is there any fledging relationships you sort of, you're just quietly looking from, oh, yeah, they're getting on really well. Is that, do you think that as well, that sort of starting from a very sort of like-minded place yeah. as well? Can yeah, you? Oh, oh, absolutely. I've, I've been spotting uh, the odd hug in the food queue yeah, and uh, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's some really nice relationships that are building. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah, it is. And I think how you've, it's really strange, you've more or less today explained an awful lot about my life and probably I've been doing some of these things, but probably not understanding why I was doing them. Um, and and that, that's that's it, you see, because we might be doing all the right things, but yeah. if we don't know we're doing the right things, then we can't use it on purpose. 
So once we yeah. know what it is that we're doing, we can use it with a focus for an outcome. Yeah. Does that and make I will sense? Def- totally makes sense, but you're right. And I think what the biggest thing I'll take away from today is I'm going to create more romantic places in the garden. Yeah. I think that's got to be the common goal for the world. I think if we create yeah. more romantic places in our garden, maybe we should just all create a garden and then the yeah. world would be a much better place. Oh, we? I think so. But romantic places in the garden are so important um, because otherwise a garden can become just a place of work. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, create more romance, less work. There you go. Yeah. That's a mantra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flesh. Well, I think thank you very much for today because that's been really interesting and, and actually to the point of awesome. And um, I oh, think, you know, you. out of all the podcasts, my wife might actually listen to this <laughs> one just for, to listen to you, obviously not me. Yeah. But um, we should leave you really to get back to your, your you know, your sort of yeah. youngsters and your husband. I've got baboons to watch. Wow. That's <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But yeah. um, thank you very much for your time. Been fantastic. No, thank you very much. Well, that one really got me thinking and right back to meeting Mrs. Frost and I'll be really honest with you, she looked more like she'd come off the makeup counter uh, John Lewis, and I don't think she even knew what a landscape gardener was. Fast forward 20 plus years, and she's out in the garden telling me half the time what to do. Um, but it makes you realize that she must have some point, and we've chatted about this. Well, actually, if I'm going to make this relationship work, you know, I need to learn about, I suppose, what he loves and. I realise as well that that's happened the other way with me doing things that that I probably wasn't necessarily so keen on. And so, yeah, wow, um, relationships and gardens. As you can imagine, went back to Karen and said, you know, what is it? The simple things that we could do that could affect our lives and whether that's our partner, you know, our family, across the generations, how can we sort of make our lives just that little bit better? And she pointed out the relationships are based on teamwork, you know, so what we do in a garden as a team can help hone those skills which helps us deal with other which helps us deal with other problems through life. And and actually, she's right, because I can see sometimes my dear lady and me will be out in the garden, you know, in a border together, you know, working away and chatting about different bits and pieces. It might be something that's gone on in the week. It might be about the kids, the next holiday that she wants to go. But... We don't necessarily find that time in our normal week. We live busy lives and we both get to bed and half the time fall asleep within about five minutes. So it's interesting just finding that time to work together in the garden means that we can start to chat through. The other thing Karen talked about was memories. And memories are important to me anyway. And I think 
creative memories in your garden. You can open this up to not just relationships with your family, but also neighbours, friends, um, you know, creating, I don't know, six great meals in the garden. Invite some friends around. Those experiences become those memories that you're talking about 15 years down the road, you know. So I think memories from your garden are really important. And then lastly, but for me probably most importantly, can you create yourself a little romantic space? I've put quite a few in the garden. Yes, I do live in hope. But interestingly, what I've done to take this a little bit further, I suppose, from where Karen was, was thinking about when we might use these romantic spaces. So I've worked out where the sheltered spaces are in the garden, where maybe myself and the dear lady can tuck ourselves away. But I've thought about the sun, how cosy the areas are, the time of day that it really works. And that's how I've started to introduce these little areas into the garden, which now hopefully going into the summer, we can create a few more memories. So there you go. Give it a little bit more thought. It's amazing, isn't it? When you start thinking about it, you'll work out how the garden maybe could help you or how it already is. Be good. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please tell others about it and rate us in your podcast provider app. And we'll see you next time.